brothers and the aunt who had taught me to shoot. Last was our grandfather, who looked like me, blonde and fast aging. A still life of some fruit hung where our father should have been. Now there was a carpet of pine needles and broken bits of timber over the middle of the floor. I twisted round to see upward. Although there were on my side three floors to the house, on this side it was just galleries off the staircase. The ceiling was the roof. Being windowless, it was usually gloomy, with deep shadows between the vaults of the rafters, but now there was quite a big hole. Hanging down through it was a rotten branch, still attached just to the old pine tree. It had been defying gravity for months. I slid down the banister rather than bother with the stairs, and Gulliver lolloped down next to me. Through the hole in the ceiling, the old pine kept up its rain of needles. I watched it for a second before I went underneath, but nothing creaked. Gulliver opened the front door by walking into it. She knew where she was going and trotted round to Charles's study window, where she swept her tail to and fro over the gravel and sprayed me with rainwater because the path was full of puddles. So was the lawn. They were reflecting the sky, lavender and grey. From outside, the tree seemed more or less all right, except for the rotten branch still suspended over the hole in the roof. I still had no idea what it was. The tree. Some kind of sequoia, but it was white like a silver birch, and it had grown monstrous. Despite its size, it had a stunted list that suggested it ought to have been ten times bigger, the white bark full of awkward knots and abortive half-grown branches with no needles on them. Up in the canopy was a whole parliament of nests. Although it was noisy in the mornings, usually, the crows must all have been out doing crow things for now. I tapped on Charles's window. His shadow struggled up and swung across between his crutches. When he lined up with my reflection in the lilac morning light, we almost looked alike. I'll get some gardeners to go up and cut down that branch before it falls, I said through the glass, then leaned back as he shoved it open. The frame stuck and it needed some force. What are we doing about the roof? We're not doing anything about the roof, he said, and I'd rather not have gardeners in the house. I'd rather not have a tree in the house. I said, so stay there and don't look. I heard a saw. There were gardeners by the tree, just beginning to cut the trunk. I hadn't seen from the front door, which stood at the wrong angle, but they had already tied ropes round the far side to guide the fall. What are they doing? I said slowly. Cutting it down. You're right, it's not safe. And this way we can have some firewood we're not paying for. I didn't say that making firewood from that tree was like using pound notes for kindling, or worse, given the effort it had taken to bring it here. It was from Peru, and our grandfather had built one of the greenhouses specially for it. But I knew what Charles would say. He would say it wasn't pound notes. It might have cost a lot to bring and to grow, but the tree wasn't worth anything now it was here. It would be like burning rupees if you never intended to go to India again and didn't know anyone else who would. Charles, you can't, I tried with no heart. We're past keeping things from sentiment, 
as opposed to the 10 generations worth of rubbish taking up 18 of 20 rooms inside. Ridiculous things to have planted by the house in any case. The roots are coming up through the kitchen floor, for God's sake. I let my breath out and tried not to feel angry. That I had grown up among the roots of that tree. That Dad had climbed it with me and read me stories in the lowest branch. None of it meant a thing to him, and there would be no making him understand. He had hated our father, and that was that. He had hated him so much that if I said I hadn't, he couldn't conceive that it might be anything but a strange lie. They can save some of the timber to plank up the roof, then, I said. Merrick, I told you, we can't afford to do anything about the roof. I can't have workmen. There's a hole in the bloody roof, Charles, and we've got timber. We've got 11 gardeners.